This episode is brought to you in part by Harvest House Publishers and the new book, The Good Gift of Weakness. Discover how human weakness not only allows God's strength to shine, but it was all by His design. The Good Gift of Weakness is now available wherever books are sold. You're listening to episode 98. Oh, so that's why you do that. Of the in-between podcast where you'll discover ideas to build a strong, connected, and joy-filled marriage and family. My name is Daniel M. And I'm Christina M. All right. So today we're going to be talking about the Enneagram. Right. And we are specifically going to be interviewing Beth and Jeff McCord. They are Nashvillians like we once were, Mm. and they are actually Enneagram coaches. Yeah. So you're going to enjoy this episode because we're particularly going to be talking about the connection between Enneagram and marriage. So how can Enneagram deepen your marriage connection? So just a reminder that any of the resources they mention or we talk about will be found on our show notes, and that is inbetween.org slash episode 98. And y'all, there are so many great resources that they have to be able to deepen your own understanding of yourself, of relationships, and your marriage. You are definitely going to want to check these out. All right, let's get into it. Well, welcome, Beth and Jeff McCord. We are so excited to finally be able to talk because, as our audience already knows, we are big Enneagram fans, so thank you. Yay. Yeah, thanks for having us. Oh, you're very welcome. We are really excited. So uh, at the top of the question, I want to ask, first of all, because there are so many different personality typing systems out there. I'm wondering if y'all can share with us, how did you even discover the Enneagram amidst all of the other things that kind of circle around us? Yeah. So, you know, when we were first married, we got married when we were 20 years old and when we were dating, it was great. Like, you know, man, this is amazing. We're going to be the best like married couple ever. Yeah. And then we got married. It was like, whoa, what just happened? <laughs> yeah, I get <laughs> <It's> that. <awesome. laughs> and then we had two kids, which made it even more complicated. Um, and then um, it was probably year five where, I mean, we still loved each other, but we just were missing each other and couldn't understand why. Um, when we had some friends that were seeing a counselor, he also, um, or they gave us the resource of the Enneagram and Jeff kind of looked it over. He was in seminary. So he was quite I mean, This would have been back in 2001. 2001. Okay. Uh, both our kids were born then. Um, yeah. We're dirt poor going through seminary. Been there. And yep. all of a sudden a friend and mentor gives us this book. Mm-hmm. And it was Richard Rohr's book on the Christian perspective of the Enneagram. Oh, yes. And yep. it looked very foreign to us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of skimmed it because I was in school, but Beth devoured it. Yeah. It made a lot of sense to me. I'm a type nine. I found my type right away and it just kind of helped clear the fog that happens for the nine. You know, internally, we don't really know ourselves very well. And it just brought a lot of clarity that I just really was needing. And I felt that Jeff was a type six. Um, (laughs) She's the Enneagram yoga. So... (laughs) She typed me before I typed myself. It just sounded myself. like you said yoga. <laughs> yoga? It sounded like oh, it. Did. it did. Yoda. Oh, <laughs> Enneagram yoga. I was wondering what that was. I was like, yogi? I'm I don't sorry. know. <laughs> it's all good. I was like, well, I don't do yo- or yoga. But I Enneagram yoga. Yoda. Interesting. That would be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so with that being said, um, 
we, uh, yeah, we just, I just really dove in and it took Jeff a little while. Cause he's a counterphobic six, which means he kind of looks counter to the typical type six that people mm. read about. And he looks more eight ish. You know, my mom is the quintessential type six where she worries a lot. You sense it. And Jeff was just like, there's no way I'm like your mom. So he really kind of landed more on eight until a counselor who was really well versed in the Enneagram said, Jeff, I, I don't think you're an eight. Um, and Jeff was like, really? Well, what type do you think I am? And he said a six, which is really funny because that's what I first landed on <laughs> for him. <laughs> you were right, Ben. <laughs> and, yeah. And um, and so that kind of actually put the pause on for Jeff for quite a while because he was kind of frustrated. Um, well, it was a it's actually a very common experience we mm -hmm. found with people with Enneagram because you as Richard Rohr has said, you really haven't found your type until you're a little you feel a little exposed. Hmm. Um, this isn't like just a fun exercise like, hey, here's my internal diary. Here's my number. Uh, and so for me, it was hard to recognize what was true about me, about how fearful I was and anxious about life and how uh, I looked to relationships to gain uh, security. And so it was it was tough for a while. And I, I set it down for a year because I was frustrated and confused and yet also invited into a part of my heart that uh, I didn't want to recognize. Mm -hmm. And for me, I just really understood all nine types pretty easily. I think nines can do that, you know, kind of in their sleep. And it was just really exciting to kind of hear more clarity of why people did what they what they did. I just really kind of dove in, but I did it quietly kind of behind the scenes. And yeah, it was, it just kind of evolved over time, but I just, as a nine, just kind of always stayed in the background with it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, one of the interesting things between 2001 and 2016, whenever uh, your Enneagram coach came into existence, that's a lot of time of us working through the Enneagram ourselves, mm -hmm. using it with couples, using it within churches, but also a lot of personal questions because the Enneagram has this uh, mysterious origin story and influences by people who are not Christians. Right. There weren't a lot of distinctly evangelical Christians using the Enneagram. And so it, there was this dissonance of, well, I, can we use this? Is this appropriate? What do, what do they believe about people? What's the resolution mm -hmm. for people? Uh, and so we had to patiently work through these things so that um, we felt confident that we had a message and could use this tool. Right. Um, talk to us a little bit, Beth and Jeff, about the journey of um, Jeff, you thinking you were one number and then f actually discovering you were another. And Beth, you kind of knowing already that Jeff is a certain number. Uh, we've heard a lot of just stories about couples who are trying to figure things out. And one is a little bit more resistant than the other, but one is really passionate about it and yes. wants their spouse to know and sort of maybe pushing a little bit too much um, the boundaries of like, you need to do this <laughs> versus I don't want to do this. So if you can kind or of... Just, uh, or just typing their yeah, spouse exactly. manual, you don't need to do it because I know what you are. Exactly. Yeah. And like, oh yeah, that was such a six thing to do. Yeah. You know, <laughs> even though you think you're an eight, that's totally a six thing to do. Talk to us about that journey. Beth, you were talking about even, you know, studying it quietly and that dance of how much is too much for somebody of the who is a little bit hesitant about using the Enneagram in their mm -hmm. own marriage. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the great thing about the Enneagram is that even if your spouse doesn't want to use it or is resistant to find their type, because you can't type someone. I mean, like like Jeff, he really can appear as an eight, but he's not an eight. Um, and so you really, there's so many layers to the Enneagram. And so I just really caution people to not um, categorize or uh, type people because you really just don't know mm. until they tell you why they do what they do. What are their core motivations? And so I think that's really important, but you can learn, you can grow, you can um, help your marriage to thrive from your own side, your own perspective, your own personal growth, learning and being curious about your spouse. Even if you don't know their type, you can still be curious and learn a lot of great things. Mm-hmm. And then you can give clarity of yourself to your spouse. Um, and so I think, you know, I did that for quite a while, just kind of giving Jeff some insights over time of what was going on with me. Um, cause you know, again, like I said, I kind of came into the Enneagram, not knowing myself, um, it would frustrate him because he would want to talk about all the things that we were dealing with. And I would just be like, I don't know, you know? And so this was really helpful for me to give that clarity to him. And so I just really encourage um, people to recognize whether your spouse won't get into it, your kids, your parents or coworkers, like it's okay. Like this isn't the end all of, of all the things. Mm -hmm. This is just one tool of many that is very, very helpful, but there's so many other things in life. And so I just really encourage people not to push and prod, do your own work and your own internal processing and allow that to kind of show forth. And I think you'll see that other people will gravitate towards that when you're not pushing so hard. And the, the other thing we, we hear a lot. Uh, so we do live events. They're called Becoming Us Live. Um, you can find out about them at becomingus.com. But uh, in doing a dozen or so shows now, uh, we hear a lot from particularly men who are reluctant to take a test that their wives have encourage them to take. (laughs) And we hear three things from them. Number one, um, I don't want to be put in a box. Yeah. (laughs) Now (laughs) you you resonate with that, Daniel. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've heard that. And there's two reasons for that actually, which speaks to another principle that Beth and I tell people is that we don't want to use the Enneagram as a sword or a shield. So we don't want to use it to, put our spouses in a box to criticize them, put them down or remind them of all the ways that they're not healthy. Right. And that's what a lot of men are afraid of is that if I take this personality test, then you're going to have more to criticize me about. And so they don't feel safe. They, they don't want to be vulnerable to it. But on the flip side of it, kind of the other side of the same coin is we don't want to use the Enneagram as a shield to defend, justify, or give excuse for our behavior. So, well, I'm just a six. So that you married me, that's what you get. And a lot of men, when they say they don't want to be put in a box, they're resistant or afraid to be vulnerable and to experience change. The other thing, too, that why men are reluctant is um, because they don't find it useful. You know, whenever we take other personality tools uh, like Myers Briggs or Strength Finders, some of these are. Uh, just statements of reality, Mm -hmm. um, you don't really grow in them at all, meaning you don't become a better extrovert. The Enneagram is different in the sense that each type has an unhealthy path and a healthy path. And so it's dynamic 
And not only does it help you in your own personal growth, but it has an, a relational part to it so that I can understand Beth and know how to affirm, how to love. Um, it helps me to understand the motives behind her thoughts, feelings, and behaviors so that we can actually connect with one another better through the insights of the Enneagram. Yeah, that's that's super helpful. And and Beth and Jeff, you guys recently wrote a book called Becoming Us, using the Enneagram to create a thriving gospel-centered marriage. And and for for Christina and I, as our listeners are are well aware, for us, I mean, the Enneagram, the fact that we're both threes, now Christina is a wing two and I'm a wing four, was so surprising for us because every other personality assessment we did it portrayed us as opposites yeah, and there pretty wasn't much a like lot opposite of, ends of the yeah it wasn't <laughs> a lot of similarities yet uh, even for us and i mean it was like over a dozen years where we thought uh, that we were that different from each other but it kind of worked it kind of clicked but when we came across the enneagram and did receive some coaching on it and and dug deeper into it and studying we realized uh, just how big of a onion layer this was for mm-hmm. us and how similar we actually are in light of this revelation for us. So we would love for uh, y'all to talk about how the Enneagram changed your marriage. Uh, maybe give us a snapshot before the Enneagram and, and after discovering those uh, your types. Yeah, I think for Beth and I, uh, the, the way that we phrase it, um, the job's not over with yet. Uh, mm-hmm. So the Enneagram is not the one tool that's going to solve all marital problems, um, but it is helpful. Uh, and it immediately had some impact on us uh, whenever, even though I hadn't picked it up wholeheartedly, but Beth did, is that um, one, it gave us insight into ourselves. And so for Beth and I, our conflict often was confusing. Um, it was hurtful. It wasn't actually helpful. Um, the things, the way in which we saw the world, um, we we couldn't see with one another's glasses. Mm. And so the Enneagram all of a sudden gave us language to be able to explain what we were thinking and feeling, and it helped us to address the why behind all of it. So the way that Jesus speaks of the heart, he says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Well, the Enneagram is helping to give language and a paradigm for understanding our hearts. And so it helped Beth and I to navigate conflict in a new way. Not that we always did or that we still do, but rather it gave us a language about why we were getting spun out with one another. And so now, whenever we're talking with one another, um, we have greater empathy and compassion for one another because we see what the burden is, the struggle is for each for each other and our types. We understand why we would interpret certain conversations, whether it be about money, parenting, or big decisions for our family. We understand the why behind how they think, feel, or behave. That's uh, man, I, I feel like you've hit it on the you know the nail on the head so well in in the sense of empathy and understanding. Mm-hmm. Because when we realized that we were both threes and that we would go to a nine in unhealth, man, the number of conflicts <laughs> that we had had in the past where yeah, we would just true. shut down or, or I give would say, in. Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah. Whatever you want, Daniel. Yeah, and I was Whatever like, oh, want. really? Whatever I want? <laughs> yeah. This is awesome. I won. And I was like, don't you dare step out that door. <laughs> but, but honestly, sure. for us, I mean, on the conflict side of things, you're right. I mean, the Enneagram for us, 
it, it really did grow our empathy and understanding of each other. Yeah, and give us language to be able yeah, to talk things yeah. through. Yeah, I was going to say in the second half of Becoming Us, because it, the Enneagram not only is insightful, but it's also practical, is that we've included two pages for each type in how to love their spouse. And so if you read about a type six, there'll be six pages there about a type six for sixes to read about themselves. But then there's an additional two pages for their spouse to read about them, to learn how to encourage, to learn how to affirm, to understand when they're struggling in communication and struggling in conflict. But what it would look like to be able to create space for them to express healthier communication and to relate in a more healthier way in conflict. And so there's some immediate help Mm -hmm. just right there in the book. Yeah, and I love, if y'all don't have um, the book yet, you need to pick up a copy. Well, mm-hmm. we'll put it in the show notes yep. as well where you can grab it. But it is beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. Like, yeah, um, if y'all have seen the Enneagram, it's like number-based, right? But Beth and Jeff do a wonderful job of making it even a, a color-based as well. So for those who are visual learners, I think that would be really helpful. Yeah, but who drinks their coffee black and who has <laughs> the cappuccino? That's the question. Exactly. We've we never been drink? able to solve that. <laughs> I yes. know. We actually drink our well, first of all, you're referring to on the cover, yes. <laughs> there are two coffee cups. One's black and one has kind of a latte effect. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is um we both actually drink our coffee almost the exact same. That's right. <laughs> but that that wouldn't work on the yeah, cover. Yeah, that's right. We're really, <laughs> like, wait, yeah. <laughs> we're trying to show differences. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. That's awesome. But yeah, it. yeah. But it does speak to the idea is that we can both enjoy something together while being different. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference between I and we. Uh, we don't want to become one another. Uh, we can be ourselves, and yet at the same time, we have this common relationship that we are both working on and enjoy, but also can get spun out by. And our real hope in using the Enneagram isn't to necessarily become the best form of our type, but rather it's to become whom God created us to be, the best version of ourself. And as Beth's spouse and as uh, Beth being my wife, we have a front row seat to be part of those opportunities to change and to see them become who God made them to be. The wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of the Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babylon, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. Available wherever books are sold. I love that. Love that. Beth, I'd love for you to shed some light on on the marriage from your perspective and how the Enneagram has changed or affected it uh, on on your side of things. Yeah, and... You know, the biggest thing that we talk to people and we kind of highlight in the book is how you really want to focus on the core motivations of each type. There are four core motivations. So there's the core fear. It's what you're running away from or trying to prevent. You have a core desire that you're always trying to obtain. And then we have a core weakness. And this core weakness is kind of like our Achilles heel or the thorn in our side. It's constantly tripping us up. Um, 
And so it's just, it's always there with us. Now at seasons, we're doing a lot better with it and other times we're not. And then the last one is that we have a core longing. This is the message our heart longs to hear. And we're really trying to get that, whether it's from our spouse, our kids, our parents, coworkers, careers, you name it. Um, and when we're not getting it to the level that we think we should, we start to kind of demand it from others and judge and then punish. And that really affects our relationship. So I know for me, as a type nine, when I am demanding from Jeff that he comes through for me in a specific way, particularly wanting to know that my presence matters. That's what the nine wants to hear, that your presence matters mm-hmm. in some form or fashion, not necessarily those exact words, but the overall tone. And it doesn't land on me in that way. I can feel really hurt. And then that's when I start to demand it and judge and punish. Um, and what's interesting is that's how I think, you know, I as a nine, I think that my presence doesn't matter. My voice doesn't matter. I should just hide in the background. And so I'm hoping and waiting for others to say the opposite, like, no, like, show up, like, you know, you matter, mm-hmm. like, we want to hear from you. Um, and so when I get a taste for that not happening, and it kind of, a, it, like, at least in my world, confirms, see, I don't matter, see, I'm not that important, um, that can really trip me up. So great examples, we have a story that we call the ice maker story. And type nines, when we talk, we can kind of meander in our talk style and have a hard time landing the plane. So I was in one of my little sagas on the couch with Jeff one day. And, you know, he got thirsty, right? You know, it probably was there for who knows how long <laughs> listening to me. So he gets up and goes to the kitchen, which is right next to us. Mm. And he starts to get ice in his 32 ounce Yeti cup. Well, I was like midway through my story. So I wasn't even done. I was done with the sentence, but he just starts crunching this ice, you know, like, and it's like taking 30 seconds. And I, so the first thing that hits me is, oh, I guess my presence doesn't matter. Or I guess my voice doesn't matter. Mm. I guess it doesn't matter what I have to say. Mm. It's the, like, that's instinctual. It just lands on me so fast and so hard. And so usually I get spun out with that and I go down that trail and I just clam up and, and shut up. Yeah. And then he'd be like, what? I'm listening. And I'm thinking, no, you're not. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, like if you were listening, you'd be listening. You wouldn't be crushing ice. <laughs> um, and so as he's crushing the ice, I did get quiet. And he was like, no, hey, keep talking. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you are crushing ice really loudly. I'm not a person that has a loud voice and I don't want to get booming. That's just not comfortable. Right. And so I kind of was quiet and, and I did feel that sting of, see, your voice doesn't matter. Hmm. Why are you talking? Hmm. And, but then that's when what we talk about often with, um, you know, in the book or with our clients is the rumble strip. So when you're driving down the highway, there's a rumble strip that is supposed to alert you and wake you up from falling off a, the cliff, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, or the yeah. ditch or whatever. And so we want to use the Enneagram in that way, that there are things that are happening inside you that are kind of hardwired, but it doesn't mean you have to believe it. There are a lot of core lies that are swimming in our mind that can really derail us quickly. And so one of them for the nine is, see, my voice doesn't matter. My mm-hmm. presence doesn't matter. And I assume it. And I project that onto Jeff as if he really did say it. Mm. And then I live that out as if it's true. 
So in that moment, I felt like the Holy Spirit just kind of gave me that rumble strip to kind of wake up and go, okay, is it really true that Jeff doesn't think you matter? Is it really, does he habitually show you or tell you this? And I'm like, no, actually, we're best friends. He's always Mm -hmm. saying he's listening to me. And even when it doesn't seem like it, he'll like verbatim say what I just said. Um, And so in this process of 30 seconds, while he's still crushing the ice, (laughs) all of this is happening inside me. So Mm -hmm. the first thing happened was I felt like, you know, my presence doesn't matter. My voice doesn't matter. And then the rumble strip happened. And then I was able to pause and think, wait, what is really true? What is really Mm -hmm. going on? And that's when I was able to kind of get back on track and to think more in reality, like, no, he loves me. So then when he sat down, I laughed and I just told him all that happened. And I said, maybe the next time you want to get ice, it would be really helpful if you would just say, hey, totally listening, but I need to get some ice real quick. Can you hold on just a second? Mm -hmm. That would have, to me, landed on my type nine heart is saying, what you have to say is important, but can you just pause just a second for this yeah. instead of just doing it? And so now for him, he doesn't need that. That's just not what he needs from me if I was going to crush ice because it wouldn't land on him the mm-hmm. same way. And so that's where we've had to learn, okay, what trips him up? What trips me up? How can I come towards him in love and affirmation? And then how can he come towards me? And so again, taking off our own lens and putting the lens of our spouse on just enough to have that compassion and empathy. But so that was our story. And so since then, Jeff actually has his own new sonic ice machine. <laughs> Therefore, he, he doesn't have to crush it forever. Plus, he loves sonic ice. That's incredible. He loves sonic ice. Oh, so yeah, now he's exactly. got his favorite ice out of this whole thing. Well, there you go. Look what happens when you understand each other, right? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So I bet. I am sure for our podcast family who are listening and they're being like, Beth, I totally resonate with that. Or Jeff thinking like, oh, yeah, somebody thinking like, I get it. Like, I don't know why my spouse yelled at me (laughs) for crushing ice. I don't get it. So talk to us about the process of, let's say a couple um, is familiar with the Enneagram. Maybe they've taken a test. Maybe they haven't. How can they get from being familiar with the Enneagram to being able to um, have the vulnerability and the understanding to express like you were saying, Beth, to Jeff, like, hey, this is what I was thinking when you were crushing ice for 30 seconds. And then having the ability of Jeff to be like, oh, responding in a, in a loving and caring and empathetic way. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. <laughs> not, only, yeah. not only has that taken us years yeah. to figure out. <laughs> And a lot of counseling. And a lot of counseling. (laughs) But it will continue to take years to work it all out. No. But it is, no, but it is, that is the key thing, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's what we're really all here about. Like listening to this podcast is how do we really take this in a real situation in our daily life and work it through? Mm -hmm. So we, we've created something that'll be a helpful tool for your listeners to download. So if you go to becomingus.com, you can download our free personalized marriage plan. And what we've done is that we've put together six pages for each couple type of the Enneagram. So um, you guys are um, dual threes. That's one of the 45 couple types. Okay. Um, I'm a Beth's a nine. So it has six pages on your relationship. And what we tell couples in how to use this is that there are four steps to what we call the dance. and 
Um, the idea is the infinity loop and that there are certain things that are happening below the surface, which is our motivations, our heart, and those things that are happening above the surface, those are the things that are observable by our spouse. So when it comes to Beth and I, step one is that whenever we both see something, we're addressing an issue, number one, I have certain feelings or thoughts internal, certain motivations Mm -hmm. that are happening inside of me. Beth does not necessarily know what those are, and nor can she observe them in my behavior. And so because of those motivations, I am inclined, number two, to do something. So I might communicate in a particular way. I might make certain decisions. I might ask certain questions. But those external behaviors is what Beth experiences. And so whenever, let's say, we're dealing with a financial decision, Um, should we spend this thousand dollars and she doesn't know what's happening in my heart, but maybe I start asking questions and I'm showing a little bit of fear and anxiety with it. Well, as a type nine, she's going to experience me and have her own beliefs about money Hmm. that are going to be land on her in a particular way. So number three is what is Beth thinking or feeling internally? What's happening in her heart? And then number four, um, So not only is she relating to me about money, but she's also relating to me because nines have a tendency to merge with their spouse. And so she wants to make me happy, but she has her own thoughts about whether or not we should spend this money. And that leads her to certain types of behavior and communication styles. And then that lands on me in a particular way. Well, if you go about that dance together without ever engaging in your heart, you're missing the point and you miss one another. Whereas the opportunity for us is to address what's happening below the surface. Hmm. And so for me, security is a high value, Mm -hmm. and especially when it comes to money. Whereas Beth may be more, her motive may be more, I don't care about money, but I do care a lot about us being connected together uh, in whatever decision we make. And there's an opportunity for us to engage in a heart level and the Enneagram because it explains all that's happening beneath the hood. It's going to help you to be able to connect with one another. And so you can go to becomingus.com and get a free download of these worksheets that we call the dance and you can get your free personalized marriage plan. But these are the kind of practical ways that if you just know your type, it's going to give you vocabulary and direction to transcend your ordinary patterns of conflict so that you can actually connect it uh, rather than get spun out. Jeff, that was, that was awesome. And I, we're definitely going to post that all in the show notes uh, so that our listeners know exactly where to go. Uh, but to conclude our episode together, uh, Beth, maybe just off the cuff, um, if you were to, if you were sitting down with a, a couple with kids at home, young little kids at home trying to navigate this homeschooling thing in the midst of this (laughs) pandemic that we're in, what advice would you give them? Just kind of wrap things up. Yeah. You know, one, there's always hope. Um, And I mean that in all honesty, and I know some people might laugh, but parenting's hard. Hmm. Whether it's an infant all the way to grown adult children like we have that are here because their college won't keep them. <laughs> yep. That's, That's a way to say it. Yeah. <laughs> Take our kids back. <laughs> exactly. hey, the nest is you. too 
Small. Yeah, we paid you a lot of money to take our kids, <laughs> exactly. and you gave them back. Yeah. That's hilarious. And each of these seasons hold its complexities and trials, um, and that's why I say there's hope. I mean, you know, no matter what season you're in, because I know when my kids were really little, I was thinking, oh, if they would just get to elementary school, or if they would just, you know, and every season brings its trials, and so those seasons, where the hope comes from, is when we can kind of settle in go kind of more inward to seeing what, what our heart is saying, mm. like what's going on, what is, re, what is activating us, but then really leaning on God to come and work in and through us to bring stillness. And that's not, I mean, cause as, as a nine, it's like, well, that's easy for you to say, Beth. <laughs> mm. um, but it's a, it's a stillness for all of us. And to recognize that he has given us, especially this pandemic, a time to refocus, to mm-hmm. reorient our hearts in the direction that's good for our personality type. And that's what we do at Your Enneagram Coach is when we do our coaching, like our exploring you, we are going to help you to understand what is the path for your own personal growth and becoming more like Christ or what is the best and healthiest place for you. It's not just be a better person. It's no, this is dialed in specifically for you. And that's what people are really starving for. So what I would say, and, and we also have a um, a podcast actually us launching um starting next week on parenting oh and we, great. we're not doing it yeah it's really going to be great so by the time this airs that will be out but it's not oh here's what to do with this type mm-hmm. one child it's okay let's focus on you and your heart like where are you with your parenting what is tripping you up what gets you at you know agitated and aggravated um and and how can you bring that back in for growth um and so that's what we're really kind of hoping so what we would just really suggest is for people that are feeling hopeless or they don't really know what to do is go to your Enneagram find your type. You know, we have a free assessment. If that still doesn't quite name you, which that happens a lot because mm-hmm. tests are only the information you put in, then start with our discovering you course that really helps people to one, discover the Enneagram and all nine types. So then you can land on your type. And then jump into our Exploring You course. And that's where I break down your personality into bite-sized lessons. And I'm literally coaching you through some guide sheets that will help you to understand why you do what you do. Now, the great thing is, is that when we coach couples, we actually do these guide sheets with the couples together. Mm, so you okay. can watch yours and your spouses together and go, oh my gosh, I had no idea right. that you did this. Or that's why you felt this way. Um, and it gives lots of great conversation. Um, starters to get going. Um, and then like Jeff said, our Becoming Us um, book. And then we have a Becoming Us course that, I mean, the Becoming Us course is pretty phenomenal because it is for all 45 couple types. Mm-hmm. And so like for you guys being a type three and a three couple type, I mean, it's like, well, what does that look like? You know? right. And we go in specifically for you guys, or if you're a type nine and an eight couple type, whatever couple type you are. And so we just have a lot of resources all the way from those beginners to, no, I've learned quite a bit. Now I want to know how to apply this. Right. I, want, I want to experience that hope. I want to experience that transformation. And so we kind of walk you through that discover, explore, become process. And so um, your Enneagram coach is just going to have all of those steps laid out for you. And that was so fun to interview Beth and Beth. <laughs> I was laughing about the ice. I know, that's example. all I'm thinking about right now. Why, I don't know why ice causes so many <laughs> marital frictions. If y'all didn't get a chance to listen to our Gary Thomas episode, he talks about how um, 
ice was just a huge conflict in their marital thing as well. So. Yeah. And you know what? To be honest, while we were interviewing them and they said something about a sonic ice machine, I was like, is this like sonic? Like the restaurant? The fast food? Yeah, yeah. I like, think so, is, right? Like, do they have their own type of ice machine? No, it, it isn't. It's just some crazy fast ice maker. The Yeah. It's not the it's not the stuff that they sell at Sonic. It well, is I no. I don't know. I mean, I didn't see the Sonic branding on Amazon. Oh, so maybe I think you it's got just a kind of a style off. or a yeah, type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know they used to serve it to the little kids at the Y, so they wouldn't choke on ice, which I actually have done. So, as a like random side note, don't give your kids like big cubes of ice because I literally, I li- my lips turn blue, y'all. Like I almost died from choking on ice. So there's your random fact and caution <laughs> all right so let's make this hashtag okay let's like let's do a pact hashtag i will never let ice ruin my marriage <laughs> the longest hashtag ever yes. if y'all have a better choice like you know what we're trying to say right yeah. y'all have a better idea maybe you can just let us know exactly, exactly. start your hashtag and uh tag us and we will make it go viral <laughs> yeah so that's at in between show on all the platforms and be sure to go to inbetween.org slash episode 98 to get access to that special resource that we talked about earlier on in the it's episode. It's not ice. <laughs> Just to let you know. <laughs> that would be awesome though. Would, yeah. yeah. And you get a sonic machine and you yeah. get a sonic machine. We're not nope. that rich. No. <laughs> that is false. We are not advertising that. No. All right. So there you go. We would love it if you would share this episode with a friend or with someone else that's come to mind as well, you can just text them that link in between.org slash episode 98 or hit the share button on your favorite podcasting app. Okay, so that brings us to an end, episode 98. And man, I can't believe it. We're almost out of uh-huh. <laughs> We have so many special, amazing things ready for that episode. So stay tuned. But first, we got to do a 99 before and we get to 100, right? That is what, Christina? Yes. On episode 99, we're going to be talking about having more fun while we parent. Because y'all, I think we need more fun in our lives. Fantastic. Well, thanks again for listening in and we will catch you next time. <laughs>